All right, welcome to the Fit Man's Podcast. This is the podcast for the modern day man that wants to be fit, healthy, and successful, all whilst keeping their social life intact. I'm your host, Blair Sangster, and I'm going to be coming at you with practical tips, actionable steps for you guys to implement into your own lives, covering pretty much everything from training, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle for you guys to become and stay modern day fit men. So get yourselves ready, get ready to take some mental notes, and let's get stuck in to today's episode. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fit Man's Podcast. It is the 24th of January, 2022, uh, and if you're wondering maybe why my voice doesn't sound as crisp, maybe you don't even notice the difference, uh, it's because I'm not using my microphone today because I'm actually dog-sitting at my mum's house, <laughs> so I didn't bring my entire office with me, literally just my laptop. But we make do and we record anyway. So today, as the title suggests, we are gonna get stuck into some tips for building lean muscle without adding, I'm gonna say without adding much body fat, right? Because I'm gonna go through 11 tips for you guys. Why 11? Because the goal was to think of 10, so why not go for 11? And I'm gonna basically go through them one by one in no specific order, no, it's not like number one is the most important and number 11 is the least important. It's just 11 things that are important to consider and are gonna help you to build lean muscle this year, if that's what you wanna do, without adding too much body fat, right? Now, yes, the title was maybe a little bit of a clickbait without adding body fat, right? But reality is you're probably gonna add a little bit of body fat. But to be honest, it doesn't it doesn't really have to be that much. And if you do it smart and you follow some of these tips, there's no reason why you might not even notice a mass amount of change like at all in terms of body fat levels, but a huge amount of change in terms of muscle mass levels. So listen up close and obviously if you have any questions then reach out to me on Instagram. My name is on Instagram. I changed it recently. It's at Blair Sangster01. So you can always drop me a question or anything, even any feedback on there. And also, as always, give it a wee share if it helped you. All right, anyway, let's get stuck into this. So I actually shared the first three of these in an Instagram post last week. Uh, so they're the first three, and I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail on them, and then obviously you're gonna get all the extra ones if you listen to the podcast as well, right? So the first one is you need to train to technical failure, right? Now, the whole idea behind this, right, is because I see it a lot with, guys in the gym who are they kind of just look like they're going through the motions right there's not really a a strong intention behind what they're doing and it's kind of like cool I'm going to do 10 reps and they do 10 reps and like it didn't really look like that much of a struggle they probably had another five six seven maybe even another 10 in the tank or I see the other way around where they go way too heavy and it's just like there's no benefit whatsoever to doing that because it's like technique is awful and they're not using the right muscles. But that's a story for another day. But for now, what we want to think about is training to technical failure. So technical failure is it's not absolute failure. Absolute failure is like when you cannot do another rep. That's like you're squatting and you hit the bottom and you have to bail out of the squat and the bar falls on the floor. That's absolute failure, right? Technical failure is when you can't do another rep with good form. So let's go, let's use back squats again. Let's say you do 
you're doing a set of eight squats, right? On the eighth one, you feel like your knees start to cave in a little bit or you feel your weight shift into the into your toes. You're like, cool, I've reached technical failure. There. But by that point, it should be pretty damn hard. If it was just like an obvious little mistake, like you lost balance or something small, then okay, cool, you can crack, carry on. But the point I'm making here is we need to train the technical failure. Um, there's probably times as well where you, we sh you should be going to absolute failure, but on pretty much all movements, you want to be training to technical failure because what we're doing by that is giving our bodies a fucking reason to actually adapt. Because if you're just going in the gym and going through the motions, you're not gonna, you're not sending any signals to your body that it's to make it think, shit, I need to build some more tissue here because he's demanding a lot of me. So that's how you got to think of it, right? Is that every time you're going into the gym, you're there to kind of give your body a reason to change. Because if you don't give it enough of a reason, then it's it's not going to change. It's just going to think, cool, I'm all good. I can handle this very nicely. There's nothing that's pushing me out of my comfort zone here. Whereas if you're constantly going in, training a technical failure, then you're always going to be giving it signals thinking, shit, okay, I need to get better at this. I need to build some more tissue so that next time this is easier. Because our bodies are efficient machines and they want to expend as less energy, as little energy as possible, right? Number two is protein ASAP after you train. Now, I never knew what to think of this, right? Like you, you would hear both. When I first started getting into the gym, it was like a thing when I was like, you know, 14, 15, where you had to, as soon as you finish the gym, it's like, if you don't get a protein shake in within 10 minutes, you may as well have not trained, right? Now that's not what I'm saying here, but that's just what it used to be. And then it kind of went completely other way where, you would start seeing all this stuff about how the anabolic window is bullshit and it's like, it, it's not, a, it's, may, it's maybe it's always been a real thing, but it's, it's not as important as you think it is, that kind of stuff, right? But here's where I stand on it now. So, okay, the anabolic window isn't as massively important as you think. Like, you're not going to lose out massively, massively, massively on gains if you don't have a protein shake or some form of protein, like pretty close after you train. But the way I see it is if you're going to train like, let's say four times a week on average for a year, that's more than 200 training sessions a year, right? Now, if you were to get protein in on like 190 of those training sessions, like pretty much immediately after you train, then you're going to get more incremental gains over the course of that year. Because whereas if it's just a one-off, and you, that you don't have protein after, it's it's not really gonna make any big difference in the grand scheme of things. But if you never did it across all those training sessions, then you could be potentially missing out on small incremental gains 200 times. So the way I see it is like the, what do they call it? The marginal gains kind of outlook on it. Whereas if you can do it, you may as well, because you could potentially be adding tiny, tiny extra bits of muscle every time and that you wouldn't have got otherwise. So that's number two. Now, number three is you basically want to be in a slight calorie surplus, okay? The days of like big dirty bulks are gone because to be honest, if you're doing a big dirty bulk, two things. One, you're definitely gonna gain a lot of body fat. Two, I honestly, a big part of me, this is just anecdotal, right now but a big part of me thinks that people do dirty bulks just because they want an excuse to just eat like an unsupervised child like they want an excuse to just 
go and buy like four cookies and smash the whole packet and be like, oh yeah, it's cool, I'm bulking, or a tub of Ben and Jerry's every night, it's cool, I'm bulking, like that kind of chat. And I'm just so not in line with that. Like you end up just feeling shit. Like not even because of the food you eat, but mentally you feel rubbish because you see that you're gaining fat as well. And then like, you you know, you don't like what you see in the mirror. Even if you, even if you see the weight on the scales going up, like there's gonna be a, a very, very small percentage of that that's any kind of extra tissue. So you may as well go for a slight surplus. Now, this kind of leads into my next point, but we're talking like max 500 calories extra per day. And that's probably like top end, right? So number four is you want to build your calories up over time. So let's just say for easy maths, your maintenance calories is about 2,500, right? I would start off just eating at maintenance calories. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's that is literally fueling your body to stay as it is. You're not gonna lose any body fat, but you can still build muscle. So you wanna try, you wanna start there. And then it, you, you probably will see a little bit of, of gains, like as I say, literal muscle gains happen over that time. And then when you kind of get to the point where either your weight has completely stalled for like two weeks, and by the way, even if your weight has stalled for two weeks, it doesn't mean you're not growing any muscle. It doesn't mean you've wasted those two weeks. It just means your weight has stalled, right? And it's a good signal if your weight stalls for two weeks to be like, okay, cool, let's increase the calories again. So then I'd increase calories by like maybe 150, 200 calories. So then you'd go up to like 2,700, let's say. Go up there, you'll probably see a bit of a jump in weight over the next month or so, keep it there. As soon as it flattens out for about another two weeks, bump it to 29 and then maybe bump it to, to 3,000. And if like, if you're happy with the results and it's you're, you don't feel like you're gaining too much fat, then by all means keep keep pushing it up because at the same time, the more muscle you build uh, and the more the, the more into it you get, potentially the more training that you're doing, the more food you may need to eat. So you may actually be you know burning more calories throughout the day than you were previously, which means your maintenance is no longer 2,500; it might be 26, 2,700. So actually, your 500 calorie surplus limit is like 3,200, 3,300. So, you know, you, you can continuously build up calories over time. And, you know, that's to, to do with metabolic adaptations as well as physical adaptations. But if anything else, right at the start, it's just easier on your digestive system. Like if you're going from eating about 2,000 calories a day because you're on a diet or whatever, or even just around about your maintenance, and you jack it right up to like 3,000, like your digestive system is gonna have a hard time and that's not gonna be a very nice place for you to be, right? Number five is structured training for roughly six to 12 week cycles, okay? Now, this is something that I think probably a lot of guys could benefit from. So it kind of comes back to this, what I said at the start, I suppose a wee bit about training, training with purpose, right? Like your training should look pretty similar for a six to 12 week period in a muscle growth phase. Like you need to be doing the same exercises week on week. Okay, you can maybe change a few things here and there, but generally you wanna be doing the same exercises for, this, for the same body parts. Like if you're finishing off with like a little like pump out for arms or like say, you know, whether it's like an upper body day, you're doing like a little chest and arms, like pump circuit, not body pump, by the way, like, you know, 
the bump, Arnold Schwarzenegger bump, that kind of thing. <laughs> then, or like legs, you're doing like a bit of a finisher. Like, okay, that can change up week to week. But generally, all the main exercises you, and supersets, if you're doing supersets, should stay the same because we need to focus on progressive overload. Like every week you go in, you need to be doing a little bit more. And like every exercise, you should be trying to do a little bit more on every single exercise, whether it's like a big compound movement or whether it's something more basic. Like, and it doesn't have to be more weight, right? That's another thing that people trip up on. It doesn't have to be more weight. It could just be an extra rep. Like let's say you're squatting 100 kilos for eight reps and you know you try and put on 105 and it, it feels like you've just loaded up to 150. And there's just like heart, there's no way you're going to get like more than three reps out. So, and it's probably not going to be as beneficial, but instead what you maybe could do is squat a hundred kilos for 10 reps or maybe even 12 reps, right? So you've got to think of other ways or you can reduce the rest time, right? You can add in a pause at the bottom. You can add in a little quarter rep at the bottom. Like there's lots of different ways you can, you can utilize progressive overload without adding weight. So you should look into a few of them and obviously... If you want to know a bit more, that's what I'm here for. Give me, reach out, drop me a question. Number six is, yes, we're going to train hard, but we're going to recover harder. So again, a, I think a big mistake people make is they, they, they enjoy, they start to really enjoy the training side of things, which is pretty normal, but it then gets to the point where they're training too much and they're not actually letting their body recover from the training that they're doing so we need to think about what's going on when we're actually in the gym trying to build muscle right like when you're in the gym and when you're doing whatever body part it is you're essentially breaking down that muscle like you're in a you're not injuring it right but you are you're breaking it down and you know it's it's not it's in a bad way it's tired you're you're ripping it apart <laughs> if you're doing it right okay now if you then go and train that same muscle again to that same intensity the next day and the next day and the next day, it's never going to grow. It's just going to get sore and it's, it's you know, you, then you probably will injure yourself, right? So what you need to do is when you do break down whatever muscle group it is, you need to let it recover. So think of the gym as the gym is the place where we give our body the stimulus to grow. It's like, that's where we break down our muscles and we're like, right, we're breaking you down so that you build back up stronger. But it's in our rest that the muscles actually come back stronger. So that's why you shouldn't be doing like two lower body sessions. Like, okay, like this this is where the debates come in, right? So if you're doing full body workouts across the week, you're probably not doing in like as much intensity per body part every day, which is absolutely fine. Like you can, you can 100% grow muscle that way. In fact, that's probably the main programming style that I use because then you can actually train that same muscle group multiple, like, you know, potentially a little bit every day. So you're never breaking it down to the point where it's totally exhausted. But if you are going for more like a classic, like leg day, chest day, for example, you need to make sure that you probably have at least two days after that where you're not training that body part because you probably will really like the intensity will be high you'll be very much breaking down that one muscle group on one day it's going to need two or three days to recover before you hit it again okay number eight is a bit of a, a new one right new for me anyway uh, well i've not spoken about it before i talk about it with my clients but i'm calling it a bulking break like take bulking breaks so 
One thing that I think people talk about more often now is diet breaks. So when you're on a diet, you might take a wee break just to kind of like, you know, one, from, for the mental side of things, and two, just to kind of like refeed you a little bit, help get your, hor- your like hunger hormones back in whack. So why not do the same thing with bulking? Like if you're bulking for, you know, I think I missed one here actually. This should be number seven, but I'll get to that one after. If you're bulking for like three, four months, by the time you hit that point, you're probably going to be feeling pretty full. Like if you're doing it right, like you're probably going to be feeling pretty full on a daily basis and not really that hungry. And to be honest, it's not the nicest feeling ever, right? Like when you're properly in there, like it's, it's quite uncomfortable because you're just full all the time, (laughs) right? So what, why not take a few bulking breaks and whether that's three or four days, whether that's a week, like it doesn't like it's what it's whatever it needs to be for you, right? So, just have a couple have a couple days, have a week where you're pretty much just eating like around about maintenance. You know, if you if you if you've built your calories up to like thirty one hundred and you think your maintenance is about two and a half thousand, there's nothing wrong with sitting at two and a half thousand for a week, even potentially a little bit lower than that, and just trying to like let your hunger come back a little bit, right? So you're not kind of pressuring yourself to force feed you yourself all the time what you'll probably find is after a week you start to become a little bit more hungry so then when you go back into the bulking phase like fully back at it you can actually you know attack it again and you won't have as much of a problem feeding yourself now if you're going to do that a bulking break it's really important that you really really prioritize protein right so we want to make sure that we're eating like if not if not more protein than when we're in the actual bulking phase right just to make sure that any extra energy expenditure is not breakdown uh, of muscle, okay? Now, the one that I missed that should have been number seven was you need to dedicate at least six months to a bulking phase for it to be worthwhile. Because to be honest, anything less than that, it's you're probably not gonna make any like real noticeable difference. You'll probably see differences in strength and stuff like that, but in terms of visual differences, differences, you're probably not gonna see anything unless you commit at least six months, right? So that's why when I'm talking about bulking breaks, you know, one week bulking break over a six month period or two weeks of a bulking break over a six to eight month period, right? It's not really gonna make any difference. So you may as well take the bulking break if you feel you need it, right? So don't be going thinking you can like grow muscle for a month or two months or three months. Like it needs to be a long-term process. And in all honesty, for like really, really good results with building muscle, a year is probably a good time to, to really get after it. I'd say at least minimum, minimum six months, nine months would be good, 12 months would be great. That's the kind of thing we're talking. Now we'll jump to number nine. So number nine is sleep. So, I mean, it's underestimated I think and undervalued for for any kind of health aspect like people don't realize how important sleep actually is for mental health for when you're dieting and trying to lose fat but also for when you're trying to grow muscle because again it kind of falls into the bracket of recovery right it's super important that we actually give our resting our bodies well enough especially especially from sleep in order to grow as much muscle as possible because again like at night is where a lot of these kind of physical adaptations can happen and where a lot of that kind of like full-blown recovery can happen. So it's super important that we are trying to get at least seven to eight hours every, like as, as often as possible to maximize our muscle growth. And again, it's kind of coming back to one of those things, like I said, with the protein ASAP after you train, right? It's if you do it 
like if you, if you do it consistently over the entire bulking period and you, you know, let's say like 90% of the time you get seven to eight hours sleep, you're gonna have gained more muscle by the end of that time period than if you only got seven to eight hours sleep like 40% of the time, right? Which is probably what most, like I would say normal people are getting right now. I would say probably most normal people are getting somewhere between like five and seven hours a night at the moment, right? So you need to up that to seven to eight if you really wanna get the most out of this. And then this brought me on to number 10, which probably number 10 is probably the bonus one here because number 11, I was going to say, but it was after I was thinking about sleep, I was like, oh, I should probably talk about casein. So number 10 is casein protein at night. So if you don't know what casein protein is, it's very similar to like, you know, whey protein, which is the most standard, you know, protein powder that you get. But what to do is get yourself some casein protein. So whey protein is very quickly absorbed into the blood into the bloodstream right so it's actually ideal for post-workout so when you finish your training you should be having whey protein okay but it's probably not and sorry i'm almost thinking in my head what's the best order to say this in so whey protein is ideal <laughs> post-workout because the muscles have been broken down and we want it to get into our bloodstream fast but before we go to bed it is, it's very good to get some protein in before bed, right? Because we want that to be released overnight. The problem if you have whey protein before bed is because it's really quickly absorbed, it can actually kind of spike our sugar levels and our blood glucose levels a little bit. So, and we don't really want that before we go to sleep because it could make it harder to actually fall asleep in the first place because we're getting that spike. So, that's one reason why you maybe wouldn't want to have whey protein before bed. This is where casein protein comes in, okay? Because whey protein is fast acting, slow, quickly absorbed. Casein is the opposite. Casein protein is slow acting and it's slowly absorbed into the bloodstream, which means two things. One, we don't get that kind of spike, which is going to potentially stop us falling asleep. And two, it means that we are slowly getting prote protein kind of released, if you will, into the bloodstream overnight so rather than it just being one big spike and then it's it's up you're getting protein in and then it's down and then it's down it's gone you're actually slowly getting it kind of like drip fed to you overnight which is ideal if you're getting seven to eight hours and again it's one of those things where if you do it one night it won't make any difference if you do it for like one week it won't make any difference but if you consistently have casein before bed like throughout i mean i i have it at all times to be honest <laughs> like as often as possible whether i'm bulking whether i'm maintenance whether i'm dieting i think it's just a good habit to have um probably like an hour or so before bed is a good time frame to think about this but just literally go on to like any protein powder website they'll all have it just type in casein protein um and yeah it's that's all it is and what little uh, bit of advice for you when you mix this with milk or something, it goes very thick, so it turns into more of like a like a, a cake batter type consistency. And I just eat it like that. Like I'll, I prefer like I either get like a chocolate flavor, and I'll put like if it's it's coming up to. I mean, it's not actually coming up to Easter right now. It's January, but of course the mini eggs are in the shop already. Uh, I'll like have a few mini eggs, dot it on top there, and maybe put a couple frozen 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 can't speak frozen blueberries mixed through and maybe even a little bit of squirted cream on top make it into like a little bit of a dessert you know um or i'll have like more of a vanilla e flavor uh, again with potentially just some from frozen berries something like that uh so but you, you you don't really have it as a shake if you have it as a shake you probably have to have it with a lot of liquid which again 
probably don't want to be having just before bed, right? Because you're going to have to get up and go for a pee in the middle of the night, which is going to fuck up your sleep, which again, we don't want to do. All right. And then number 11, our final one, our final tip for building lean muscle without adding fat is to pretty much, we want to try and spread our meals across the day. So again, this is one of those things where like, you know, I remember being like, 16 17 and thinking like oh yeah you need to eat like six to eight meals a day and like all those meals are like chicken broccoli and rice and you're like oh that sounds pretty rank but you don't need to do that right but (laughs) you can have like three normal meals breakfast lunch and dinner and then three just snacks but like pretty decent snacks but the point really is you just want to have like protein regular protein feedings so the more often we can stimulate the process of protein synthesis which is like the breakdown of protein in the body and like protein turnover then kind of the better and it's been kind of proven that like every sort of three to four hours is a good time window to like stimulate this protein synthesis especially if we're trying to grow muscle so although you don't have to have like six meals a day of chicken broccoli and rice it's probably not a bad idea to try and eat like roughly every three to four hours. Yeah. And again, it could be you have breakfast at like 8 a.m. And then at 12, you have, you know, your lunch. And then at three, you have like a decent snack that has a good amount of protein in it. And then at six, you have your dinner. And then at like eight, you have your evening snack. So that's that's five meals. This is perfectly fine, right? Maybe you push everything forward. Maybe you add another snack. Like it's totally up to you is how you do it. But you basically just want to have fairly regular eating or feedings, especially that contain protein. All right. So that is my 11 tips for building lean muscle mass without adding body fat. Like I said at the start, if this has been helpful, then please give it a share on your social media, on your story would be fucking awesome. And then tag me as well so I can see it and I'll repost it on my story. Um, I would massively appreciate that. And yeah, like at the moment, uh, as I say, it's the 24th of January. Probably, I'm pretty aware that payday is probably coming up soon for most of you guys. So uh, if anyone has been thinking about reaching out uh, and asking me about how my online coaching works, how you know it's called the Mind to Muscle Program, how it all works, then I would say now's the time. Like, what are you waiting for? You know, payday's coming up. You may as well give that money to me than spend it and piss it away on booze, clothes, new car, tattoo, whatever it is, <laughs> right? Uh, and I will get you into the shape of your life. Uh, and all you need to do, if you are if you don't even know what to say to reach out, literally just drop me a DM saying podcast and I will know exactly what that means because the only place I'm saying that is to you guys who have listened this far in the podcast, all right? Anyway, I'm gonna wrap it up there, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week and yeah, look out for another episode next week. <laughs>